Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for a few minutes, about 13 minutes or so. In so doing, it helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because, as we keep emphasizing, the Scriptures themselves tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day also helps us to have a better mindset, just to be able to live through life each day, to be able to deal with whatever the day might throw at us. And these days throw a lot at us. It also helps us to keep in touch with our our God, stay in communication with Him as His Word speaks to us. And as we contemplate upon His Word and Well, we should be praying to him for guidance through his word and for his guidance in our lives on a daily basis. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their focus, don't you? Probably some within your own family, in fact. Help them to do so by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means. But make up your mind and share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can, literally. You may help somebody turn their lives around, ultimately helping them get to heaven by sharing these short studies with them. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind. Start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study, talking about, well, what do you think about God's Word? What do you think about the Bible? What do you think about Scripture? You know, do you know people who study the Bible on a regular basis? Now, that is, they open it up and they read it regularly. I'm not talking about once every few years, (laughs) which is the practice of some, but there are even many who don't even open it up that that frequently. They just virtually never open up the Bible and read anything from it. How sad that is. Now, if you took a poll of people across our country, and certainly it would be different in other countries because things are different in a lot of nations around the world as to ready access to the scriptures, but in our country, The Bible is the best-selling book, hands down, by far, every single year. Now, you don't see that listed in the New York Times bestsellers list. I'm not sure why. Maybe they just think it's redundant. Maybe they just want to get past that and look at other books that have been written during that year. But it's hands down, by far, no comparison, best-selling book every every single year in our country, most families, most households have at least one Bible and probably more than that, two or three or maybe four in their, in their home. But unfortunately, I'm afraid that most households leave those Bibles closed virtually all of the time. Maybe put into a bookshelf, maybe on a, in a cabinet someplace, maybe on a closet shelf. Now, some of them will actually display a Bible on a coffee table or an end table or maybe on the nightstand in their bedroom, but it does not get opened. It still remains closed virtually all of the time. Well, people look at the Bible and they think, oh yeah, they they revere that, at least in their minds, but they they don't respect it enough to open it up and read it. 
Now, why is that? Carelessness, in a lot of cases. Unthoughtedness, as my father used to put it, you know, in many cases. Uh, some people don't want to open up the Bible because they don't like what it says. Its teachings are inconvenient for them because those teachings condemn them or at least rebuke them in their current lifestyle. Well, truth is truth, whether anybody likes it or not. Truth is truth, whether anybody believes it or not. C.S. Lewis once observed that ancient man approached God as the accused person approaches his judge. Now, do you get that? He's saying, ancient man, he was the person on the stand, or the person standing before the judge and God being the judge. But C.S. Lewis went on to say that modern man reverses the roles. From modern man's perspective and how he deals with God, man is the judge. And God is standing before man, God being the, or man being the judge. God is the one on trial. Man is the one up in the judge's seat. Well, man may see himself as a kindly judge if God should have a reasonable defense for permitting what man would look at and say the unpermissible, basically, by human standards, such as war, poverty, disease. Well, if God could give a ready defense for allowing those things to happen, then man might say, okay, I'm ready to listen. Let's have it. The trial may even end, from man's perspective, in God's acquittal. But the important thing is that man sees himself on the judge's bench, and God is the one standing before the judge. Now this attitude extends to judging God's revelation of himself in scripture. Many take it upon themselves to say from a human perspective, from a human ability to reason, based upon what we know, but you see this not, does not just include what we know, but it's what we think we know. And that's why a lot of people don't read the scriptures. What mankind thinks they know, at least many, many people, and of course I'm using man and mankind in generic ways, it includes women, it includes male and female both, people, human, humans, humanity. We think we're so smart, we're so intellectual, we're so informed, and so much of the time that's not true. We think we know more than we really know. Now, we read some things that are written by people who are writing or speaking from a prejudicial perspective, and they don't really present the facts. Now, they present them as being facts virtually, but they don't really, they're not really able to back them up as being factual. But they're presenting it out there as though they were facts. We could think of all kinds of things along this line. Evolution would be one that would stand out you know, brightly 
if you listen to a whole lot of people writing or speaking on that particular subject, they would speak or write as though this is an absolute proven fact, undeniable and uncategorically accurate. But the facts just aren't there to back it up. From a scientific perspective especially, the attitude the attitude that we are the judge, we know enough to determine whether God should be accepted, should be believed in, whether God should be respected as God. Well, some reject the Bible out of hand. Now, if somebody does not believe in God, they're certainly not going to believe in the Bible as being God's word. Now, they say the Old Testament, well, it was written from the oral traditions of Bronze Age sheep herders, and the New Testament was written by a messianic cult that sprang up in the first century Judea. I have studied what is referred to as, as upper and lower critical uh, examination of the scriptures. If you look at the individuals who, supposed, who supposedly are biblical scholars going through Old Testament scripture, you'd end up scratching your head and say, why in the world are they writing upon this anyway? Why are they going into this particular uh, discipline in their lives? Why is this their life's focus? They don't believe the Bible to begin with, basically. And they will chop it up and they will say, now this particular passage or maybe this word in this one particular verse, this must have been written by somebody and they start assigning letters of the alphabet to them, such as J and P and Q. And you, you see, you look at this and most people do not realize how these critics think and, and how they try to dissect and then chop up the scriptures to come to their ultimate conclusion as to what they determine to be true or not true, accepted or not accepted. It's really absurd. It's ridiculous. And so they'll say, this must not have been, this person could not have written this particular word in this particular verse of scripture because the rest of the language in that scripture does not go along with what this word seems to be getting across. Nuts, nuts. You come away again scratching your head. Why in the world are you devoting so much of your life to this? Since obviously you do not believe the scriptures to totally be God's word. In fact, you chop it up and you assign it to all kinds of different writers. And here's the key. They do not know who these writers are. In their mind, they just must be some writer out there. Somebody who came along. And so they cannot assign a name to most of those letters. They, so they just saw them P, Q, J, you know, they don't know who they are. They're making it up based upon their own personal reasoning. And their reasoning is extremely faulty. And so when they say, oh, it was written from oral traditions of Bronze Age sheep herders, they don't know who those sheep herders are. They're just concluding that themselves. And they're writing off the scriptures, basically, as being reliable throughout the Old Testament. And then the New Testament was written by a messianic cult that sprang up in first century Judea. Robert Ingersoll, 
the famed agnostic of the 19th century. Did you get that? He lived from 1833 to 1899. He said the inspiration of the Bible depends on the ignorance of the gentleman who reads it. Do you understand what he's saying there? If you really believe the Bible to be God's word, then you're ignorant. That's, that was Ingersoll's position. Now, others affirm that the Bible has a few good ideas mixed with mostly myths and errors. They pay lip service to inspiration, but they think scholars, scholars, scholars themselves, they would consider themselves to be scholars. They must find the kernel of truth for the rest of us to grab onto and believe. Now, let me ask you, how could they put themselves in that position? How could we have confidence in their scholarship, in their ultimate conclusions? Others still see the Bible as basically a good book, but they think the claim that it has no errors simply goes too far. They would say it, it has mistakes, but it is overall worth believing. Well, if it's filled with mistakes, how could we believe any of it? Now, just laying out some positions by way of introduction to get us into this study. Can we believe the Bible? How, how do you think about the Bible? What do you think about the Bible? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving us your word to guide us in our spiritual lives, which then serves as the guidance in our overall life. Help us, Father, to read your word, to glean those wonderful teachings and instructions and guidelines, and to incorporate them into the way that we live our lives. Because therein lies the best opportunity for us to live the best life in this world and look for eternal life with you in heaven. Praise, glory, and honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.